Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. There's going to be a paid commercial endorsement at the end of this video, just letting you know. Now, I got a great story here, and by great story, I mean it's a story that we can learn a lot from. Uh, what happened to the guy's not great, but we can all learn from this. The story from the Delaware News Journal by Shannon Marvel McNaught says that a neighbor with a goat pen took this Delaware beach town land with squatter's rights from someone else. And this story is sent to me by so many people. Thank you to everybody, but I couldn't thank you all. It's one of those. So this is exactly what you think it is. Guy owns a piece of property, and because of a goat pen, he lost the piece of property. So the undeveloped beach community land had been in his family for two generations, but it wasn't until the man tried to sell part of his Ocean View area property that he made a troubling discovery. A neighbor had put a goat pen on it and had used other parts of about two-thirds of an acre of his property for decades. So he took her to court to get her ejected from the property because it's not hers, it's his, and she claimed squatter's rights. Now, I have to point out that the story talks about squatter's rights, and technically speaking, squatter's rights are, I think, a little different than what happened here. But I'll explain the distinction between adverse possession and squatter's rights because there is an overlap. In February, the man was forced to transfer the title after a Delaware Superior Court judge ruled that his neighbor had a claim to the property. So he went to court and said, I want her off my property. After hearing all the facts and so on, the judge said, no, it's actually her property now. You sign the title over to her. A real estate agent said the land was worth about $125,000. Now, how this case got to that point can serve as a warning to property owners on how to protect their property from this controversial legal maneuver. Now, here's the thing. It is a controversial legal maneuver in that most people who hear about it go, what? <laughs> but it's been around since about the 1600s and probably longer. But as a common law tradition, it's been around since the 1600s. I'm talking about going back to England, okay? Uh, but there's actually the concept of adverse possession going back even farther than that in other countries. So in Delaware, squatter's rights, and now the author says known as adverse possession, allow people to claim ownership of property that is not technically theirs by occupying it for at least 20 years, according to the Delaware Code. There's actually several elements that go into what constitutes a good adverse possession claim, and it involves five different factors. I'm going to go over those with you in just a moment. But in 2015, there was a Delaware adverse possession case, and there the Court of Chancery awarded 15 acres of property to a man who, for over 20 years, hunted on the land that was not his. Now, simply hunting on it probably wouldn't do it, but it depends on what else he did along with the hunting. A law professor from Widener University said it can be shocking because most people don't know about it. She pointed to a well-known Boulder, Colorado case in which a couple, uh, one judge and one lawyer, claimed adverse possession. And they understood the doctrine and knew how to use it to gain title to a part of their neighbor's land. When a party intentionally tries to adversely possess another's land, many may find that unfair. Because there is actually a rationale behind adverse possession. And so this led to a change in Colorado's adverse possession law. But all 50 states allow for adverse possession of some sort. 
And generally speaking, that is where you are on someone else's property and you're there long enough to where it becomes yours. But like I said, there's a bunch of elements that go into it. We'll get to those. So here, the senior owned a handful of lots in a subdivision near Ocean View, several of which he left to his son, okay? According to court documents. He sold an adjacent lot to a woman who left her property to her daughter. That daughter is the one who built the goat pen on this man's land. So in 2021, the owner of the empty lot, along with his spouse, was preparing to sell part of the property bordering that woman's land. A surveyor came out and found that that woman and another neighbor had built enclosures that encroached on the property, according to court documents. One of them removed their enclosure, but apparently the other one didn't. So the woman did not remove her enclosure. So the man filed a complaint against her, a lawsuit, asking for the court to order her to remove her stuff from the property. But she filed a counterclaim, claiming adverse possession and saying that the enclosure had been on that land long enough to where the land it sat upon was now hers. And uh, she said, it's just always been my backyard since I was a little kid. She says she didn't know, basically. So the judge ruled that um, the man who owned the property lives in Atlanta, and he only occasionally visited the area, according to the judge, which made it hard for them to prove that the woman had not openly used their land for the last 20 years. Because she said, I've been using it for 20 years. I thought it was mine. Further complicating matters during many of the years in question, the properties were owned by people who'd passed away. That is this man's father and that woman's mother. So the judge felt that the woman met the threshold in proving her 20-year occupation and ruled in her favor in February, effectively titling the property to her. And the man said, I can't afford the appeal. I'm hoping I can at least warn others. So the author of this article says, if you are unaware of your property's boundaries, have it surveyed as soon as possible. If there's any uncertainty over the title, clear it up immediately. If someone is squatting on your property, take legal steps to have them removed. But the number one thing property owners should do to prevent adverse possession claims is to simply know what is happening there on the property. Inspect it regularly, and that's the attorney speaking. If you see something you haven't permitted, such as a tree you haven't planted, objects you haven't placed there, make sure to remove them because that's the beginning of adverse possession. So the first thing I want to point out is that there is a distinction generally between squatting and adverse possession. Squatting is often referred to somebody who moves into a dwelling and just lives there like it's their own. So somebody comes by, sees an abandoned house, they move into it. They're now squatting in that house. And in fact, I looked at the definition of squatting in a couple of different dictionaries, and quite often it says it's the occupation of a single or two-family dwelling, and it's a criminal offense, meaning that a person is trespassing in there. Now, arguably, they trespassed in there long enough, it could turn into adverse possession. But not all adverse possessions begin as squatting cases. Because what usually happens is somebody like this builds something on the property and puts something there. That woman presumably was not living in the goat pen. But the goat pen was there. And they're saying it was there for 20 years. So going to let you know right now that adverse possession, like I said, goes back a long ways. 
And at the common law, it required certain things to be met. So first of all, the occupation of the land has to be continuous. A single adverse possessor must maintain continuous possession of the property. However, the continuity may be maintained between successive adverse possessors if there's privity between them. So if the mother had put the goat pen there and it just simply stayed there while the daughter was there, that would count as continuous as to those two people. Okay, continuous. But what that also means is if the man came by one day 10 years ago and had said, get that goat pen off my property, if they removed it and the day he left put it back, the clock starts over. It's got to be continuous. Can't break that chain. The possession has got to be hostile. Now, in this context, hostile does not mean unfriendly. It means that the possession infringes on the rights of the true owner. So you put something on my property, it means I can't use my property the way I want to. That's hostile. If the true owner consents or gives license to the adverse possessor's use of the property, it's not hostile. So if you ask me, hey, can I put a goat pen on your property? If I say, yes, you can, it's not hostile. I'm letting you do it. I'm acknowledging that you're doing it and you, you ask me permission. So that is not hostile. Uh, obviously, if you're in a situation like that, you might want to have someone drop a piece of paper that says, um, in exchange for the goodwill and possibly a dollar, uh, you know, somebody's letting me put a goat pen on their property and have them sign that to make sure that it's obvious that, that this is not hostile. Meanwhile, renters cannot be adverse possessors because the rent they're paying proves it's not hostile. If it was hostile, you wouldn't pay rent. Open and notorious possession must be obvious to anyone who looks so as to put the true owner on notice that a trespasser is in possession. So let's suppose that we have pieces of property here and every night at midnight, you run over and you put your foot on my property and you run away. Every single night, put your foot on my property, run away. 20 years later, you come by and go, I've been on your property every single day for the last 20 years. It's now mine. I go, what are you talking about? I snuck over and Touched my foot on your property. Well, that's not exactly open and notorious, is it? Possession must be obvious to anyone who bothers to look. One will not succeed with an adverse possession if it is in secret. And it says actual. The adverse possessor is actually in possession of someone else's property. The true owner has a cause of action for trespass, which must be pursued within the statute of limitations. So this guy, if he'd wanted to, could have come by at the 19-year mark or 18-year mark or whenever and said, hey, you've got stuff on my property. Could have called the cops and said, that's trespassing. He could have. Now, whether they get involved or not is another thing. They're going to say it's a civil matter. But then he could sue her. And that's what he did. He just sued her too late. That's all. And then it's got to be exclusive. The adverse possessor does not share control of the property with anyone else. And they exclude others from possession as if they were the rightful owner. So let's suppose that the man lives here, or excuse me, let's suppose the man owns the property here, the woman owns the property here, and there's somebody else over here. And they build a goat pen on this property. Well, this woman would have to tell them, get that goat pen off that property. Otherwise, it is no longer exclusive. If everyone's doing it, and that would be a dangerous game to play if you knew that was happening on your property. So here's the thing. I mentioned that there's adverse possession in all 50 states. You can go online, type in adverse possession by state, and find charts and graphs and all kinds of stuff. So for instance, at common law, it was 20 years. You had to have the continuous, hostile, open and notorious, actual and exclusive 
used for 20 years at common law. Many states have codified that and shortened it. However, I found that Ohio made it 21. Why? They're Ohio. I don't know. <laughs> Michigan is 15 years. California is five. And Idaho is 20. So I just grabbed four at random there. Ohio's 21. Michigan's 15. California's five. Idaho is 20. I can tell you that in many states, there's case law discussing what those different elements are with respect to that particular state. In Michigan, for instance, if someone is simply mowing a piece of lawn that belongs to their neighbor, simply mowing the lawn will not do it. However, I'll let you know, and I've mentioned before, I had a neighbor that I had trouble with years ago. And he'd come over and he'd mow a strip of my lawn. So I'd make sure he's watching. I'd mow the exact same strip. And then I'd go over and I'd mow a strip of his lawn. Just for the fun of it. It was, it was something we did for, for chuckles. Um, I can also tell you that I went to sell a house one time. And the house I was living in had a decorative fence, just those split rail things that went about halfway down near the edge of my lot. But my lot actually went 10 feet past that and, in fact, went all the way out to the street. And the decorative fence didn't even go out that far. And when I put my house in the market, I had an open house where realtors came over and looked at it were walking around and talking and stuff. And uh, one realtor walked over to that fence and stopped. And I said, well, just to let you know, property goes 10 feet beyond that fence. And he looks at me and he goes, probably not. And I go, I don't know, actually, actually it does. I can show you. And I pulled out the thing that showed the lot. He goes, how long has the fence been there? And I go, I don't know and I don't care. And he goes, adverse possession, you need to look it up. I go, really? Where'd you go to law school? He goes, excuse me? I go, where'd you go to law school? And he goes, oh, no, I'm not a lawyer, I'm a, I'm a realtor. I go, oh, okay. Pull my card out and I hand it to him. I said, I went to law school. My understanding is that adverse possessions actually got five elements, and one of them is the hostile nature of the relationship over that piece of property. I said, if you lean over and take a look, you'll see there's actually a shed on that property, on that strip. It's my shed. And so one of the reasons I didn't care about that strip of grass was that I would walk around to use the shed, and that neighbor was a buddy of mine. Really, really nice guy. Great guy. And so I would mow that section. When the pears fell off my pear tree onto that section, I raked them up. And I kept stuff in the shed that was at the back end of that strip of grass on the other side of the decorative fence. I go, I assure you the decorative fence does not mean I'm giving that strip of property to my neighbor. He goes, well, you should probably look into that. No, I don't need to look into it. I'm right. <laughs> so keep in mind, though, and it's not simply a matter of I uh, stepped on this property once or twice. I'm more curious about the one where they said the guy hunted on the property. Because simply going onto the property during hunting season and leaving would not constitute a continuous possession of the property. Uh, and it wouldn't be open and notorious depending on when the guy was out there. Now, if the guy built a bunch of structures on the property, like tree blinds and so on, uh, that's getting down there, that's moving the needle in the right direction. But I don't know. Simply hunting wouldn't have done it, I wouldn't think. But again, it was going to depend on state by state. Like I said, there's case law in Michigan that says specifically, merely, merely mowing the lawn will not do it for you. But if you do other things, like plant trees on it, build structures on it, live there, yeah, then that starts doing it. But it's a factor. It's a list of factors. 
And again, you can look those up also. Type in common law adverse possession. Because I know that I rattled through those very, very quickly. But it's the kind of stuff that we had to memorize the bar exam. <laughs> but it's got to be continuous, hostile, open and notorious, actual and exclusive. So it's a crazy story. But again, they keep talking about squatters' rights. And this being a squatters' rights case, it's not. It's an adverse possession case. And the woman was not squatting on the property. Like I said, unless she was living in the goat pen, which I don't think she was. <laughs> I mean, I like goats, but not that much, right? So, again, <laughs> story sent to me by everybody, and it's an interesting case. Shannon Marvel McNaught wrote that for the Delaware News Journal, how a neighbor with a goat pen took this Delaware beach town land with squatters' rights. Questions your comments, put them below. This will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. On the other hand, you have different fingers.